is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of The Break. I am here with Nick and Dave who are going to give us a little report on these injured guys. Who was at practice today and who wasn't? Um, the main guys have been at practice, and one of the biggest returns would be Connor Williams, who has been spotted out there doing some things after a knee scope last week. Thoughts on this? <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Legitimately shocking. Yeah, I'm was not expecting to see that, but he's out there running with the first team. It's been eight days since he had surgery on his knee. So was he doing, like, rotating with Xavier nope. or just well, took over? And uh, as we always say, I mean, we saw 15 minutes. They don't really get into the nitty-gritty of playing football while we're out there. It's mostly position drills and, you know, warm-up reps. So I don't know what it's going to look like when they actually go through their game plan for today, but... He's, I mean, he had a scope on his knee eight days ago. That's great. I mean, even Michael Gallup needed like three weeks. I think yeah. Gallup missed two games. You know, Gallup obviously is running routes and, and true. And, you know, that's what you do the entire game. Um, you can't really have a big, bulky knee brace there. You could do that probably with Connor Williams if, if you wanted to. That's also assuming he's head and shoulders above the guy behind him. Um, but I think they believe that he is. The Cowboys believe that Connor Williams is definitely a better player than Xavier Suofilo. So Yeah, I think you're right. What did you see from last game when they were playing against the Lions? Did you notice? Were you? I know I heard yeah. you say you were going to watch that position. Did you notice a significance I there? Didn't, I didn't notice any big problems with him uh, in the passing game. I thought he did actually a good job there. They didn't run the ball well, and so it wasn't just on him, but he didn't provide as much of that strength and push as you would have wanted. Collectively, they didn't run it well, but they also made sure that the Cowboys weren't going to run on them. That was something that the Lions did, so I'm not sure if if you know Nate Newton and Larry Allen – well, Larry probably would have pushed people around, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm just not sure if anybody was going to be able to run the ball the way the Lions were playing. So when that happens, you have to throw for 444. That's what you have to do, and you have to be the NFC Offensive Player of the Week if you're the quarterback and you're not going to take away your running game like that. I'm curious, I, like we just said, what this means. I mean, Connor's out there. That doesn't mean that he's going to play against the Patriots. We'll see. Um, it's a well, good sign. Another guy, though, that is important for the line and wasn't out there today, yeah. Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins, uh, we, he's dealing with, you know, he got Everything. hurt. I mean, yeah. That's that's the thing is, like, Lyle told me after the game, he's like, yeah, my, my back flared up. It's, you know, it's the thing I was dealing with leading into the game. But then they're saying it's his knee, and that was something that was already aggravating him, too. Like, these guys are just beat to hell, man. We, we were told on the plane that he had – Reaggravated the MCL sprain. They're gonna watch it this week, but you just got the sense from the trainers and from Jason Garrett that it was a positive thing. It's going to be okay. Um, 
just just from a sense of he'll probably be able to play. I think that they think he can play now, but I also think he probably won't show up on the field until Friday. Here's what's not good: is that you're facing the best defense, best team in the league, the best team over the last 20 years, and they are a very physical team, and so they're going to do everything they can to play this game. And I'm not trying to look ahead of the best team of all time, but you got you got a game in four days after that. Yep. You know, it, it, it's you might take everything you have to get through this game, and even that might not be it's enough for a win. Really and then you got to turn around and play a really physical Buffalo team in four days. It's a really good point. It's a tough stretch right there for and those. We've seen that. I mean, I think they've had good luck on Thanksgiving the last few years, but I remember in fourteen, who they 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 really. Yeah, and they they sold out to win the game before Philly and the Eagles came in on Thanksgiving and beat beat them up because they were yeah it was I mean it was a short week and, and that was the year Romo was balancing. Was, I'm sorry, it, it, it's actually it's kind of yeah he was managing his back, but it's it's a little bit comparable because they went up to New York. That was the Odell game, the Dez mm-hmm. game, at riding right high. You get this impressive win against the Giants, and then they just they were hurt yeah. and flat and and got beat pretty bad by the Eagles in that game. So that is. Of course, you're not going to look past playing the New England Patriots in Gillette Stadium, but it's going to be tough to turn around and play a, a good Bills team. Right I mean, after that. it's going to be tough for those guys that are like the Lyle Collins of the world, and, and maybe, maybe that's not what they do. You know, maybe they look at it and say, "We're not doing that. We're gonna, we're gonna actually, if they're not 100 percent healthy, let's see if they can get healthy for next Thursday." You'd hate to say yeah. that when you're playing the Patriots, but oh, it might be the smart thing to do. Then. And this, I mean, um, so to finish off the injury stuff, Amari Cooper, Tank Lawrence, Jeff Heath, they were all out there. That's great. Amari, actually, this is the first time he's practiced on a Wednesday in a few weeks, so that's positive. But again, how's he going to feel on Monday morning? And you don't have the benefit of having seven days to get ready. you got to get ready in three. So that'll be a challenge for everybody. And I mean, sit these guys somebody and, and let them play against the Bills? <laughs> no, you can't. Which I typically like. I like that line of thinking typically, and like you know, load management has taken over the NBA, and we talked about okay, it. Okay, let, let, let's think about this. Though. No, I if was you, about if, to say you, you can't do that in this situation against a team this good. Sorry, if, it, if it, you feel that you're gonna lose, I mean, that's not the mentality not you need mentality. to have. Right, that's you're not conceding the mentality. basically. I, but it's I, like against the Patriots that. when you're it, like, okay, but you can't concede, and and if you sit, guys. I mean, guys will know. Guys will know. If you're starting to sit guys that are kind of injured but they could play, they're going to know. Basically, you're conceding this game. You can't do that. I just don't think you can do it. I'm not saying you're conceding this game, but but let's let's also— Strategizing. No, but but let's think about it like this. Okay, tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you go to these guys that have been battling with things all year. I'm talking about Zach Martins and Tyron Smiths and all that. Can you play? I'm talking about on Thursday, you say, can you play? God. No, not today, but I'll be all right by Sunday. That's what you're dealing with next week. So all I'm saying is for a guy like that, and particularly Lyle Collins, who was dealing with something last week, it may not be in the best interest to do that because you play this game, he may not be at 100%, and then you're not going to get him at all for Thursday. That sounds good. I get your logic. Good. My point, though, though, (laughs) still remains that how does that play in the locker room? I think in the locker room it'll feel like, well, he could play. Like, we know he could play. They're saving him for next week. So what does that say about this week? Are they conceding that we just can't beat them? I think that 
First of all, if you can play, never say that. You can, if you can play, play and play. Yeah, but right. I, I'm going to argue semantics with you. Like you're not conceding defeat. You're saying we run the risk of like not having this guy for Two a games. longer stretch of time, or do we just sit him for one and then hopefully that helps him be right for the final five? That's it's not. Nice. That's it's not like conceding defeat. I, no, I'm not, and smart, I'm, not, I'm not saying they are conceding defeat. What I'm saying is. You have to think about the optics, and you have to think about how that plays in a locker room of 53 men. Like, that's a part of this. Don't don't act like it's not. It is a part of this. And if they're looking at it, and the players in there for one minute start to think, this guy can play, but they're going to sit him this week because they figure it's better just to have him for next week, then they'd certainly start having those conversations. I mean, you guys have been around groups of people. Anytime you have groups of people, you always have to be concerned about one guy planting a seed. All it takes is one guy to think that, and he says it to the guy sitting beside him, and then all of a sudden it becomes a, man, yeah, I think he could play. Why are they not playing? They think we can't win this way? Like, there's a lot of stuff no. that can happen from that. I just don't think it's good for the team dynamic to ever I, sit a guy that you, that can play in this culture. Like in football, it's about if you can play – and we say it all the time how crazy these guys are for getting out there with some of the injuries they have. But if you can play in a football culture and you decide not to or the team decides not to play you, I think there are always going to be questions. I hate that we're in the weeds on this right now. It's irrelevant. If yeah. he can play, he'll play. That, I right. agree. I mean, it's all about do you want a guy to play two games or one? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You, yeah, there's always It really be- is one-on-one to one, right? Because they just wouldn't play this week and they play next week, right? Or if they play this week, then you're saying they might not be ready for next week, but they're ready for the Bears game, right? Yeah. So it's one-to-one. Either you want to play this week or you want to play them next week. Oh, unless you hurt the guy even worse and yeah. it keeps him out even a longer amount of time. So you right. just never know. Um, Which is every right. game. Right? I'm only 5'5". Five, five. Like, the weeds are so tall above me that I can't see anything. <laughs> they're so tall, I, I can't, can't see anything. We're so deep in the weeds right yeah. now. All right, go ahead. All right. Well, I thought you were taking over already. I'm not. You're taking (laughs) over. You got this thing. All right. Well, um, I wanted to talk about real quick. I don't know if you guys talked about the cornerback position, Anthony Brown being out, and who's going to kind of take over his role and what's going to happen there. Are there any updates on that? They poached a guy by the name of Deontay Burton off the Colts practice squad. He's a journeyman practice squad type of guy. He's been, I mean, he's been in the league for three years. I think he's been in three games, something Mm -hmm. like, like just practice squad kind of guy. Uh, I think their hope is that he doesn't have to be active for this game. It's more of a, I mean, you need the fifth cornerback. You need that guy. But, you know, it's not like a sign him on Wednesday, throw him into the game against Tom Brady on Sunday type of deal, hopefully. Yep. But Um, remember, when you sign a guy off a practice squad, he'll be here three weeks. So you have to be here at least for three games. Uh, Right. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of times, though, when they do sign guys, there's a lot of cornerbacks on practice squads, and the Cowboys have two of them. That right there is kind of weird to me. Like, what does it say for the guys that are know your system and here that mm-hmm. are playing that aren't good enough to be called up? Like, when when is it ever going to be good time for Don, Donovan Alumba? I guess not this week. Well, maybe if he could run a little bit faster. That's, no, but then I mean, the question is, why do you have him here? Like, well, why is he on the practice squad? You then? need Bodies. Yeah. You have to be able to get through practice. I, I get that. My point is, it, is it a situation where he's he never going to yeah, really be? Yeah, he, he'll be here for this year and all that because he knows it, and that's what they're doing and all that. He understands the terminology. But 
there's no sense in probably bringing him back for next year for another go round on this, yeah. unless he's just kind of banged up or something. But I mean, the, if I were him, I certainly would be like, "What the heck? Well, like, yeah, I'd be. What am I doing here if I'm out here practicing every day and I know what I'm doing? Helping and, them get yeah. through practice. Like the cruel reality yeah. of the situation is, that's the idea is you want to develop these guys, but they're not all going to be good enough to call up to the 53. And that's. And, but this guy that's played three games in three years is yeah. like that's again. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just think this he, he he if he's better than them then they got to really be questioning like what that they don't see value in me they are <laughs> they're just, they <laughs> right, are right. Donovan Lumba right now is like <laughs> he's scratching his head like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on here if you're not I mean if you're not good enough to be secure the NFL is a sucky job I mean oh, it no. just it is what it is like they could they could cut you right now like you're you're making good money I think um somebody wrote a story about this last year and like I'm not trying to make anybody feel terrible for these guys that make six figures but practice squad guys like you make like $120,000 before taxes you can't really like buy a lease or you know lease an apartment or anything because you don't know how I mean they could cut you at a moment's notice and then you're stuck with a lease on a place you can't pay for there's no residual money that comes after that when they cut you they cut you right and and they'll bounce you back and forth so like one week you've got active roster money one week you don't uh and so, so yeah like if you're in that situation it sucks and I'm sure it probably sucks for for Alumba and who's the other cornerback? I don't. I can't even think of his name. CJ. Oh, the guy they got from Georgia Tech. See, or DJ Reed. DJ Jones. I don't. Know. You're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about that. Like, <laughs> he's throwing out names. If they liked them enough, they could bring them up for this game. And like a, a 53 man roster game check is like 80 grand. Like you're basically yeah. getting half of your practice squad paycheck for one week's worth of work. And they're like. No, we think this guy might have more juice. Sorry yeah. about it. Maybe they're but saving him for the future. Next year they need can, guys at the corner. If you can help us get through practice though, that would be great. But if you if you suck, we'll cut you and then you gotta figure right. it out. I mean it's again, tough business. It pays well, but if you're not good enough to have a guaranteed spot, it can be kind of tough. Anyway. All right. Well, let's take an early break. When we come back, Dave is gonna have his scouting report, and then Nick. I know he has some storylines oh, yeah. dealing about the Patriots. When we come back, I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. 
spell. So-so! Are we gonna win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome right. back. Nick, take it away. Oh, Go I, for it. I'm not ready yet for my Seriously, you had a whole break wow. to beat and get ready. Here we go. Is this what happens when I'm not here? No, no, no. no. This All right. happens when you are here. Here so. are <laughs> the storylines that the Patriots are kind of going through right now. Obviously, their offense is not what you know what they're used to seeing here. And Brady was very frustrated the other day. It sounded like he was about to jump off a cliff. I think he's been calmed down and realized they're nine and one. But um, he's, he's you know they holds himself to a higher standard, and so that the offense is not something that that is on par right now for what the Patriots are used to. One of the reasons uh, is their red zone scoring. They they've only scored a touchdown forty eight percent of the time inside the twenty. They rank twenty fifth in the league. They're hoping mm. that their first round pick Nikhil Harry who's a big-bodied guy. He's been on injured reserve till last week. He came back, made his debut. They think he might be an option tackle. there. He's at wide receiver. Why am I thinking? Didn't they get a tackle? They get a tackle back. Year. That's my third point. Oh, Isaiah Wynn is coming back off of IR. He's another first-round pick from 2018. Hasn't played a lot. They expect he's going to be active. He may just jump right in and play there at left tackle. They're going to see about that. Another point is that their their defense could be we could be talking about the 2019 Patriots like we say some of the other 2000 Ravens maybe the 85 Bears I mean they've been that good uh, they're first in total yards allowed and points scored on that they've got six total touchdowns on defense and special Crazy. teams they've only given up nine on offense uh, and but they they're scoring that reminds me of that six. Bucks defense from the early 2000s yeah. that was scoring a ton they were really good but they were scoring a ton as well. Last point for them is they've won 17 straight games at home, dating back to October 2017. Cowboys have not won there since 87. They don't play a whole lot, but they certainly have never won in this stadium, Gillette Stadium. Hmm. Not many teams do, Ever. though. It's kind of what the, what's going on with the Patriots there. But I need to look that up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to for my column tomorrow, just like who has beaten the Pats at Gillette? They lost two that year in 2017. Lost the opener to the Chiefs, and then the uh, Panthers came in there and beat them. I know. They, I mean, they I do. Looking after that, I know they have, but it's. I bet it's not a super long list. Small list, yeah. Um, well, that's cool. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. just sit everybody. Okay. You know, although I will say, I you know, I'm I'm the pessimist. I get that. I already said I'm going to pick the Patriots, but like I dove into the offense and kind of to Nick's point, I was like, okay, like. You can you can beat these guys. Maybe the offense. I haven't watched the defense yet, and that's right. kind of the bread and butter. That's the bread and butter. Can you watch the defense? Can you watch against a good team? Yeah. Don't don't, don't no. show me some Miami crap. No, I I, I always <laughs> it's it's tricky because I always try to watch. I always try to watch the most recent game, but I feel like if the most recent game isn't super, super indicative of who they are, I try to go back. So yeah, like I'm not going to watch them play the Dolphins. That's a wa- I think that's a waste of time. Ravens. I'm going to watch them play the Ravens to see what it looks like when somebody kicks their ass because nobody does that. Yeah. And I'll probably watch him play the Eagles just because yeah. that was the most recent opponent. Anyway, yeah. and they uh, played them tough. The Eagles played them tough. I watched. I watched the Eagles game on offense, and then I watched the first half of the Ravens game, and then I went back and watched some of the stuff they did before that. Um, 
Yeah, they're 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 pretty mediocre and even bad by their standards. Um, they're 16th in the league in total offense. Um, which so here's the thing: like we all know, they reinvent themselves. Yada yada yada. Big cliche. They've got 19 running backs. They've been like a sneaky powerful running team for the last few years like they're not even good at that this year because their offensive line has been so banged up isaiah Wynn left in week two um another one of their starters whose name i don't think i wrote down uh it has been out they also lost their fullback james devlin um he's been on injured reserve they only average three yards per carry they've got mm. 900 yards on the year um so like you know even with sony michelle and like that whole storyline sorry um they're they don't run the ball very well they're 24th in the league um having said that they're third in the league in scoring which is kind of funny um they scored 42 points off of defense and special teams and that's not even including when defense and special teams gives them short fields i just mean six touchdowns on the year from defense and special teams their average drops a whole four points to 24 per game when you take that away and i know Uh i know you can't because that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You got to protect the ball and all that. But like their offense, I think it's misleading. Like you would think, like, oh, Brady's averaging thirty points a game, really good. No, the offense is getting a lot of help. Um, have, they, have they had a game yet this year where they didn't win the turnover battle? Do you know? I don't know. I'm sorry. You like every week you like ask. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I, get I got five pages of notes. <laughs> I'm killing it. I feel good. And Derek's like, explain to me their splits over the last month. I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Sorry. Okay. Um, <laughs> This is a very horizontal team, in my opinion. They don't, like, for my money, they lack, like, real downfield threats. Uh, A.B. was there at the beginning. He's gone. Josh Gordon was there for a while. He's gone. Julian Edelman can go downfield, but he's he's a slot guy. Uh, he, he plays at all three levels, but you don't think of him as a vertical threat. Philip Dorsett has speed, but there hasn't been a ton of consistency there. I looked this up. His longest gain of the year is 58. He did that in week one. Uh, there's not a huge element of downfield ability. They got Mohamed Sanu in a trade right around the deadline. He hasn't done a lot yet. He has in his career. Um, and then Nikhil. But he's a move the chains kind of guy too, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got speed. Again, I mean, he he did wonders with Julio, yeah. but obviously Julio is a big part of that equation. Yeah. Uh, Nikhil Harry's coming back off IR. He's a big-bodied uh more of a possession guy, 6'3", 230, not like a big-bodied guy. be interesting to see what he does. He caught three balls for 18 last week against the Eagles, so kind of getting his feet wet. Um, when I say they're horizontal, I mean you see a lot of screens from the receivers and the running backs to offset the fact that they don't have that stuff. Like James White is probably their most reliable weapon right now. Um I crunched the numbers on this. Running backs have caught 85 balls so far this year. White is catching 60% of those. He's got 50 catches already Mm -hmm. this year. That's the funny thing is like, and and I wrote this down too. So they're in 11 personnel 54% of the time. And then they, 30% of the time they're running a two back set. So you're like, oh, they got White and Michelle on the field. They got Burkhead and White. They got Burkhead and Michelle. They can do all this different stuff with all these running backs. But they seem a lot more predictable than that because Sony Michelle has 150 carries on the year. The next best guy has 40. And then James White has 48 of their 85 catches. The next best guy has like 18. Like Michelle is their running back. Mm-hmm. And then they have a committee of pass catchers. And I was kind of surprised that 
like it wasn't more evenly split, you know, like like when Michelle's on the field, they're probably going to I mean, if he's going to get the ball, it's probably going to be on a run and the other guys catch. Um, White is super dangerous. You remember him from the Super Bowl. He's got the longest gain of the season for them. Um, Let's talk about Tom Brady. Mm. He looks um, not like the goat. Uh, and for a variety of reasons, uh, my main thing, if you've watched the Cowboys play Eli Manning in the downturn of his career, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Like, really, he's a super he's I mean, he makes he's smarter than Eli Manning. Like he makes better decisions. He can still get the ball out. He still has really good accuracy. But my main point is, like, if you pressure him, he kind of falls apart. Uh, I mean, like, I think. I hate to use the word afraid for a pro football player, but, like, he doesn't want to take contact. And so, like, the minute there's pressure, he's looking for a way to get rid of it or or get down and get out of the way. That's that's kind of been the M.O. on him his whole career. If it has. You get to him. The problem is you haven't been able to always get to him. You're right. I mean, you're right. And, like, you can go back to 2007, and, yeah. like, that's how the Giants beat him. Yeah. I get that. But, like, it looks even more obvious because i think and and he's never been mobile but at 42 like there's just not a lot he can do with a 25 year old defender putting pressure on him so are they putting him in situations where he's making bad decisions because of that or is it just no that's the thing he's like getting sacked a lot no well he's taken 16 sacks which isn't a ton yeah but that's what i'm saying is like he's got so many incompletions he threw 14 first half incompletions against the eagles the other night and that's just because like if it's not there immediately and he's worried about something bad happening, he's just throwing it at somebody's feet or throwing it out of bounds. I don't think they have any real playmakers they don't. on this team. And I, I mean, Edelman, Edelman is, but I'm just saying he's not a guy that's just going to you know throw it 50 yards down the field, go up and make a play like Galladay did against them. Are you saying there's nobody that really scares opposing defenses that you have to have added that's why he's saying they're not very vertical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's not something that offsets a, a huge blitz. I mean, the Cowboys would be crazy not to get after him and just, you know, I'm anxious to see what they do with Edelman. You know, they have a they have a cornerback right now that nobody's really trying to touch at all. And maybe it's going to be a situation where Byron Jones needs to be with Edelman a little bit. Do you think that'll happen though? Well, yeah. They slotted, have they done that before? Put him in the slot a lot, like. When when you face a team where their best guy is the slot guy, follow him into the slot a lot. I don't. I mean, here's a guy that played safety, right? I mean, he should be able to sort of do it. I'm not saying he's great at slot, uh, Byron Jones. I'm just saying that you know. I really want to. I want to see. I I I know where you're going. I want. To I want too. Jordan Lewis on Edelman. Not and not so much because I think like maybe Edelman will win some. He Edelman will definitely he win definitely some. He's some. a great player, but like the 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 yapping and the the extracurricular just sounds way too entertaining not to. And I want to just see I, for myself. I yeah. want to see if you How put Jordan in a situation where he he's about to have to play a good part in a game. And can he take that step? Because that's going to tell. I think it's it should tell you a lot about. What the Cowboys should be thinking about him, about yeah. him going forward, and this guy, you, you said you didn't think the corner would play uh, Burden, John Trey Burton. I don't think so. No. How, who else would be corner though? I think your fourth corner would be C.J. Goodwin, which I, I mean, it's not exciting. Mm. But. Well, they've been keeping them all active. I mean, Brown was active, so yeah. I, I think when they sign a guy, I think they sign him for a guy that's the most ready. I didn't finish that point. I think that's what the, the determining factor is: is who can play. Right now, who can play today? And so I would imagine he's he is going to play just because they've been they've been keeping all five corners active. Okay, 
I, All right. Well, let's talk. I want to talk a little bit more about that, but let's take a final break. Yeah, and I got when more we come to back, say. Yeah, we, right. we'll finish up this uh, Patriots offense. Ready? Okay. Give, Give me an S. Give me an O. Give me an S. Give me an O. What's that spell? So, so. Are we going to win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And Otterbox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce grass. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win, the next day Dunkin' is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines, head to Dunkin' and treat yourself to real victory. Because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day too with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Dunkin'. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Back to the break. Hey, this weekend, Cowboys have a watch party. I know you've been hearing a lot about it because it's going to be a cool place to be. Probably cool. Maybe not too cold. And weather will be fine Sunday, November 24th on the Tostitos Championship Plaza at the Star. Watch the Cowboys take on the Patriots with all your Cowboys fans. It'll be fun out there. Admission and parking are free. Visit thestarinfrisco.com for more details. All right. Well, I wanted to go back and talk about Jordan Lewis a little more. I know when I was watching the Patriots playing, a lot of the things that I saw Tom Brady doing was, what do you call those passes where you kind of toss it? You know, you're not really throwing it. It's just kind of like a... Bo- shovel like, passes. Yeah, like yeah. a shovel pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pop pass is what they've been yeah, calling they it, do too. Pop yeah, passes too. I, I noticed him doing that a lot. I'm like, oh, that could be a perfect opportunity for the Cowboys to create some takeaways and who better than Jordan Lewis, who has been seen getting his hands around the ball right. pretty often. So when you mentioned that about, well, you did, kind of putting Jordan Lewis yeah. there, uh, I love that whole idea of possibly utilizing him that way yeah. and starting to see the Cowboys create some more turnovers this way. I, I mean, it's it's remarkable. Their running backs are, are the way that they try to move the ball more than anything and like I said I mean it's really Michelle doing the majority of the work actually running it but Burkhead Bolden James White they can all line up I mean they flex them out they motion them back lots of screens Brady loves I mean Brady throws like three swing passes to James White per game um 
and we know the Cowboys aren't good at that. So I would assume that's that's oh, going to be see a healthy dose of that. A I big point of emphasis, and yeah, I mean, you know, misdirection, kind of trickling the the running back back over behind the line and giving him room to run. They do that all the time. I don't mean to discount the things Edelman and and even Philip Dorsett can do down the field. I think Edelman's a lot like Randall Cobb. Like he's got that reputation of being the shifty in you know 15 yards and shorter guy but like he can go downfield and hurt you there too like he's dangerous at all three levels but i really there's not a guy and this is always famous last words but there's not a guy where i'm just like oh i don't know what they're gonna do with him like they have the personnel to defend these guys if they play well and that's the thing that gives you pause is they haven't and with a guy like belichick and um Josh McDaniels drawing it up, you would think they can probably, I think they're going to try to take advantage of how aggressive the Cowboys are. But that's the thing I wonder about. The Ravens blitzed the hell out of Brady, and it worked. Earl Thomas sacked him, linebacker sacks. And I actually, kind of like what I just joked about with Byron Jones, like, do you really think he'll travel? But Stephen Jones uh, went on the radio yesterday, and he said uh, they were talking about, you know, how can the defense play better? This is buried in a wall of text, but he said, as we move forward, we may do a little more here and there in terms of getting some pressure and making plays on the ball. Do a little bit more, like do a little bit more than which I'm like, I mean, that's what, that's my immediate thought. You have to, you have to get after him and you have to hope the linebackers, you know, because, because the one thing that you, you do when the team is blitzing you is you get ready for the screen. It's the linebackers have got to be able to make those plays. And while they didn't do a good job on Dalvin Cook, there's not that type of back out there. It's the, Look at the backs that have kind of hurt him here lately. The Scarborough, Scarborough a little bit, Dalvin Cook. It's the big, strong backs. So, you know, not to say— A lot say, of missed tackles. Yeah, a lot of missed tackles. Not to say that those shifty—I mean, they're good for a reason. I mean, Burkhead and— um, like I almost said, Deion Lewis, but uh, James White. I mean, they just kind of rotate them in and shifty. Uh, Sony Michelle, but I think those guys have to go and get them on the ground because I do believe they're going to be sending a lot of people at Brady. The one I thing think, we have seen with oh, these linebackers though is they do sometimes overrun, overrun. plays. So that's where you're yeah. worried about the shifty guy being able to get them. But you're right; they've they've been there. They just haven't made the tackles. If they can wrap up, I think they can manage this. They yeah. just they got to make tackles. Sony Michelle's a little more powerful than I think a lot of people want to give him credit for. Yeah. Like he's not dainty. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with oh, you. Big dude, I yeah. agree with you in theory, and that's I don't know. I would I would blitz. I'm trying to get get at Brady because, like I said, I mean, if he even like senses the plays going south, he's going to get rid of it. And he's smart enough that like he can throw it away from the pocket and make it look like an incompletion. He does that all the time. Like he'll just chuck it at a guy's feet, knowing full well that it's not going to be a completion right. whether that's jeff heath whether i mean i would assume jalen smith's going to be part of it again jordan lewis he's shown an ability to do that yeah um i'm trying to bring pressure on tom brady and i don't know if i want to sit back and count on just the down linemen to do it because they've had games where they've been able to but they've i mean and and jeff driscoll obviously is so much more athletic than tom brady but <laughs> but they still they didn't get at him as much as I think we thought they would, right. and so I'm I'm trying my best to make him uncomfortable because I think their offense really struggles when he is. That was gonna be my next question. Just kind of looking at how the Cowboys' defensive line played last week against the Lions, and you know we did expect them to be able to pressure 
Driscoll a lot more. And now when you mention about the Patriots offensive line, them being banged up and do you, I mean, are you guys really expecting the Cowboys to kind of come back to that fiery defensive line that we keep hoping to see from last year and even instances this year? I do. I, I think they're going to win this game, and I think the defense is going to. I, I think they're going to get after. Are you the still Patriots. picking them to win? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm probably double digit win. I'm. I'm not joking. Jeez. I think they're going to win by maybe 11 points, like 28, 17, something like that. Yeah, I do. I. I. I'm listening. You to know, Dave. it's not proper to drink on the job, right? I know. <laughs> I know. The funny thing is, like having somebody's which... got to hang out with them now, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. It's really Stop. funny. Stop. I haven't watched their defense yet. I mean, I know they're putting up historic numbers, but like just having watched their offense, I'm like, if the Cowboys can score 20 points, they I think they've got a good chance to win this game. Just I mean, I I can't see I can't see the Patriots just absolutely lighting them up unless the defense is just forcing. You know, I mean, if Dak throws three picks against these yeah. guys, then if they the don't turn the ball changes. over a lot. If they, and they maybe one, but if they don't turn the ball over a lot, I think the Cowboys will win. But I, I do. I think they're, I think they're the better team. I think they're co. <laughs> I think, I think so they're funny. the better team. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. What you, what you know, this, but what you know about this coach, though, you have to. <laughs> this, that's where. What you know Nick about this coach? Nick is implying stuff left is. and right. It's what, like bullets flying around what, here right now. What you know about this coach is he has a way of masking his deficiencies and exploiting yours, right? That's true. And so if he knows. If, what about Belichick? If we though? know, wait, <laughs> you're killing it today. If, if he knows, well, first of all, if we're talking about the fact that this quarterback is not like he's just he's not getting the protection he needs. He's not being able to to really be able to throw it like that. Then he's going to do something to help. And so I don't think going back to that original question of do you think the front can can get pressure without blitzing? I don't think so. I think this week yeah. they're going to go into this game saying, okay, let's max protect a little bit. Let's scheme open a guy. If we max protect, and this is a team that loves to do those little, you know, they call them rubs, but we know they're picks, oh, they're right? Picks. They yeah. do it all the time. That's a part of their offense. Yep. They're going to say, let's max protect. Let's put two guys out there. We're going to run a little. They'll run a, a route combination that gets one of them free, and here we're off and running. That's the kind of stuff you got to worry about because this coach, again, he looks at ways to mask his deficiencies and take advantage of yours, and he changes the game plan every single week, really every single possession to be able to adapt to what you're doing. This is not going to be as simple as just, hey, Cowboys can put their front four out there and they're ferocious enough and they're better enough. They may be. Mm-hmm. They're, they're that much better to where they're going to be able to take advantage of it. I don't think that will be the case. The other thing, too, is – and Isaiah Wins only played like two games in his NFL career, so I hesitate to – you know, I don't know if he's like all world, but he was good enough to be a first-round pick. We were dying for the Cowboys to draft him – to be the left guard the year they drafted Connor. He went way too high, but um, he's a really good player. And the Cowboys have gotten so many lucky breaks. Well, he's back. Like, that's an unlucky break, which is he Tyron Smith? Probably not. But having your starting left tackle in there, you'd think will help matters with the pressure. And, yeah, I mean, I would blitz Brady because I don't, I don't trust the front four to get home consistently enough on their own. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely – they've been – They've been pretty meh. I think we we watched the Eagles game on the flight home from Detroit. 17-10, like all you need is a good enough drive to get down and get a field goal and yeah. you can put it away. I think they punted on their last 8 possessions of the game. That's I mean Brady was furious after the game because 
he played like crap. Yeah. Um, so it is possible to make them look very pedestrian. And that's and a defense the Cowboys put 37 points on. You know, I mean, the Eagles, the Eagles defense. I'm sure the Eagles played way better in that game. Everybody plays seemingly plays better at home. But I'm just saying, you know, that that's a that was a defense that the Cowboys were able to kind of move the ball on. So it'll be interesting to see. I I, I just the more I'm listening to this, I see, I vision, I can envision <laughs> the Cowboys winning this game. I really do. I think yeah. that they're. I think we're going to look up in the third quarter and and, and it's going to be like. 10-3 to three Dallas or, you know, I, th- I think the defense can play really well in this game. Really I, well. I just think they're playing complimentary, complimentary football. And so Brady even said a few weeks ago, he said, you know, hey, what I have to realize is right now the strength of this team is on defense and special teams. We just basically don't need to mess it up. And and I think that's probably why he's like, okay, I'm just going to get rid of the ball. If things look like they can go south, get rid of the ball because my defense is good enough. Not only can they stop the opposing offense, they might be able to take the ball away, and sure. they might be able to score. So they're just playing complementary football. It, I would suspect if their defense wasn't this good, you'd probably be see that offense doing a lot more things. But right now they're playing complementary football, and their defense is playing that level. The big key to this game, in my opinion, is not how the Cowboys' defense matches up with the Patriots' offense. It is more so can the Cowboys' offense continue to be a juggernaut that it's been throughout most of the season against a really, 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 as you said, possibly great defense. That's the challenge here. Absolutely. How's their, their, their kicker? That's a is really he any good. Uh, well, they had one of the best in the league, Isn't but Nick Faulkner. It's Nick yeah, Faulkner. Yeah. Stephen Guskowski is on, him up on IR, and then he missed last week. Oh, I picked him up today. Oh, let's. You saw some, he missed last there's week. There's some reasons for that, though. Oh, Nick Folk is five of five since he joined the team, but How'd he, I thought he missed last week. Uh, not according sure to the that? stats, unless oh, but Nugent is there too. Are we sure that Folk is? I have to go back and look. At I'll that. be I honest. I thought I saw, I didn't I thought I saw a kickers. highlight from last week where he missed a kick, but I, maybe I missed it. Folk is, I thought I saw him walking off the field, and they were like, "Yeah, Nick Folk makes missed." But they have not. Um, Folk's long is only thirty nine. So, and that's uh, <laughs> here's a funny stat: the Patriots have not even attempted a kick from fifty plus, and they've only attempted three from forty to forty nine. Like they're doing all of their kicking from the twenty to the thirty-nine. They don't which, stall around the thirty-five yard line. No, they stall. Which I mean, you they stall. No, they don't even stall in the red zone. They stall in pretty normal kicking range. But with Guskowski out of the lineup, they clearly don't trust these guys to so, be booming so big Folk kicks. May not be their guy. Maybe Nugent. That's I'm not sure. I feel like out. I'm a bad reporter because I focus so much on the offense. That's all right. <laughs> Uh, That's all right. Well, the Cowboys just need to kind of clean it up, and it's it's going to be Nick Folk on Sunday. That's yeah, and he has not missed this okay. season. I must have missed. Derek tried to throw me under the bus. No, I wasn't trying to throw you under I the know, bus. I'm I was kidding. Just checking. And hopefully, the Cowboys' um, run defense gets some more confidence, I should say, because you said them not being so good in the red zone. Maybe this is a good matchup there with the. Cowboys run defense, I, uh, red zone defense, kind of getting back on track. As I don't well. think the Patriots can just line up and run them over the way that like Dalvin Cook did, or even you know Bo Scarborough at times. But I do Famous last words. I, I, it always is. <laughs> right. It always right. is. But I mean, they're. I mean, on the season, even with as many bad teams as they've played, they're averaging three yards per carry. Yeah. But it's the screens and the flare routes and the swing. 
I'm so tired of seeing James White, like, you know, the perfect little wheel, you know, screen, not screen, wheel up the field. Like Brady just puts it right mm-hmm. in his bread basket as he's crossing the line of scrimmage. It looks like arena football. And he's off to the races. And he always gets at least yeah. eight, if not like 16 or more. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all the time we got for today. I appreciate Nick's optimism. The defense <laughs> is going to clean up on their tackles. They're going to pressure Tom Brady. They're going to create some turnovers. They're going to keep them out of the end zone. And they're going to walk out with the win this weekend. So that's impressive. If they get the win, they're not going to walk out of there. They're going to all be doing the Dak <laughs> dance out of Gillette Stadium the all the way to the Everybody. If they win this game, I'll do that dance on the show with Rob on the field. Quote, guys. And I'll have Rob do it, too. How about this, though? Let's say Rob is not doing that. They they both get to the Super Bowl. Can they beat them twice? Oh my God! Oh God. <laughs> there are like twenty steps you took there. Not just two. I probability. I worry that I'm the homer. Not not on this particular. Week. You know, like she just took the pole, started running with it, just yeah. pole vaulted all I mean, across the top. Right, I look not. at probabilities. I'm like, can you beat somebody twice like this? Uh, I don't know. Let's not worry about that for right now. I know. I, I know. know. <laughs> to worry about. All right, I'll well, tell you this: if they played the Jets again, though, they would beat them again. There you go. I promise you that. There you go. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so, so much for joining for Derek Eagleton, Nikki Min, David Hellman, and Member Garcia. This has been the break on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?